You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 80 with Allegra Lowenstein. If I eat one bite of sugar, then I eat the whole cake or the whole bag of cookies. Welcome to The Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Allegra, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. So I like to start off every show with an icebreaker. I love to travel. So I love to ask my guests, what is your favorite vacation spot that you have gone to and why? And this can be with or without kids. Well, I also love to travel and so many answers are coming into my mind. I'll just do the one that's popping into my head. It actually was without kids. It was before we had kids, but I remember going and thinking I would totally come back here after I had kids too. It was actually a kid-free hotel. And I'd never been to one. (laughs) I had never been to one. And it was just a fluke. We just found it random. And it was out in Palm Springs. It was beautiful. And it had such a different vibe. There was no time limits on the pool or the sauna. You could 24 hours a day. You could take glass and food and alcohol wherever you wanted. It was just this totally different vibe. And it was so amazing. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) You're like, I can bring glass to the pool. <laughs> totally. I get my champagne and my champagne glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Living it up without the kids. <laughs> we haven't been back yet, but yeah. someday. <laughs> someday. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So um, how about you tell us what your name is, where you're from, and how many kids you have, and then we'll jump into how you got to where you are today. My name is Allegra Lowenstein. I live in San Diego, California. I have two boys. They are currently four and six. Super fun and totally wild. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So do they, uh, did they just turn four and six or are they turning uh, five and seven this year? They are four and a half and almost six and a half. So right, okay. right in the middle. Yep. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So I just am on the cusp of, uh, I just, my oldest turned seven and then my youngest will be turning four. So uh, someone just asked me today how old my kids are. And I'm kind of like, uh, yep, my oldest one already turned seven. And then I had to think, I'm like, well, I'm going to have a four-year-old. So that's why I was just curious. <laughs> It makes a difference. <laughs> it does. It really does. <laughs> um, well, so, you know, I wanted you to come on the show today because I feel like so many women, especially moms, really have a battle with the mindset of, did I do good today or did I do bad today in regards to food, especially when it comes to sweets. So I'm really excited for you to share your story today and just kind of give some women some hope and not feel like they're in a prison when it comes to this, because I just feel like people really between the scale and their eating, I really feel like women really judge their days off of that. Like, did I do good today or did I do bad today? And, you know, um, and, and I struggle with that too. You know, it's kind of like you go through this I don't know. You just go through this period of time where you're kind of like, okay, I'm going to do really good. And then your self-esteem is really great because you're like, oh, I'm doing really good and I'm not eating bad and blah, blah, blah. And then you fall off um, and you're not eating it so good. And then you feel like you suck. And it's kind of like, well, that that's not good because, you know, I don't feel like that's really realistic. And so um, I, I'm super excited for you to share like the book that you've um, created and you wrote and just kind of, you know, walk us through your experience. So with that in mind, um, I'm going to ask you, you wrote the book, Emotional Eating Detox. So can you explain to us what this book is about and why you decided to write it? Absolutely. I know exactly what you mean. I have, I went through this struggle myself 
many years ago, I struggled with sugar specifically. I was an emotional eater to a very extreme degree and I would binge on sugar foods. And I have a whole, my whole journey through that. I was in a really hard time in my life. I had left what was an emotionally abusive relationship. It was my first long-term relationship. I hadn't been out of my parents' house very long. I had lost my grandmother. I had lost a friend to suicide. I mean, I, in hindsight, it's very obvious. I'm sure I was depressed. I didn't get a diagnosis at the time. And essentially, I self-medicated with sugar. I feel really blessed because I actually developed recurring throat infections, which put me on a path that was twisted and had a lot of turns. And I met a regular medical doctor wasn't helping me. They just wanted me to take antibiotics over and over, but it kept coming back. Even when I went to an MD who did an herbal remedy, there was no real solution. There was no prevention. And it was eventually what led me to acupuncture and traditional Chinese medicine. And she diagnosed emotional eating for me. Now it wasn't her expertise. Obviously I was getting acupuncture, but it was lucky that acupuncture is weekly because I, she gave me that message over and over because we, we often have a hard time accepting it, right? We, we, people don't want to change. This is just human nature. We don't want to change. We don't want to be told that what we're doing is wrong. And also the truth is, is that when we, when we are struggling with a, with emotional eating, it actually is helping us. It's helping us cope with the problems that we have. The flip side is that it becomes the only coping tool and it becomes a problem and you develop health issues or you gain weight. I had both. I, I was young. I'm a naturally lean person, but I was gaining weight. I did not like it. I was feeling really negative about it. But that ultimately wasn't what made me flip the switch and come to terms with it. It was this gentle, loving message that I was eating sugar for emotional reasons. And so I went on a really kind of slow path with a lot of mistakes because there's a, not a lot of good information about this. You know, when we, it's just like what you described. When we think about food, we feel like we have to be doing certain things and then we judge ourselves when we don't do them. And I did that and I would try to quit sugar and I would count the sugar grams and none of that works because there's emotional triggers. So that's why we can try to do something for a week or two weeks or some months and then we fall back into old old habits because the emotional trigger that put us there in the first place is still there. We didn't figure it out. And so you know, fast forward 10, 15 years, and I became a health coach. And in the beginning, I was really focused on kind of information. I was trying to give this information to people. Well, most of us know what to do to eat well. We know we need to eat more vegetables and not eat a bunch of crap. (laughs) It's not really super complicated, but we don't recognize the emotional side of things. And when I started working with people, I started giving them a lot of journaling assignments. I'd say, go, you know, let's, we're going to talk about this, but I want you to go and want you to write about this too. And so when I wrote this journal, it really came out of that work with clients. And I wanted to share it with more people because it's such a simple, but really powerful way to start gaining that awareness and creating new basically new neural pathways this is where it gets kind of technical and not boring (laughs) boring for a lot of people but essentially we can be doing 
exactly what we're telling ourselves not to do. And there's a lot of reasons for that. There's hormones and there's the fact that we're just used to doing that. And there's a fact that we don't have any alternatives in place. So there's all these reasons that make it really hard to do something different. And this, this really simple and powerful technique of, of journaling, it, it's called emotional eating detox. It's a journal. You can eat what you want. You can eat when you want because you come to terms with the emotional factors first so that when you do choose to make changes, they'll actually last and you won't get triggered back into what you had done before. So give me an example. Um, so you're saying you can eat whatever you want, whenever you want. And so is it as long as you're journaling what you're eating? Is that what you're saying? No, you don't even really write about the food that you eat. It, it has nothing to do with food in the beginning because we're so trained as a society, you know, that there's this whole, it, it's an industry. The diet industry is huge and it's this thing that you do for some certain amount of time. It's all dictated by numbers is all controlled by these external measurements. You know, you're counting points or calories or carbs or sugar grams. And then you have to stop when you get to a certain number. And we're so disconnected from our body and, and what's going on with our emotions and our thoughts, our feelings, all that stuff. So basically, my approach is throw all the food out the window. It doesn't matter in the beginning. No, can you just do this journal and eat hot Cheetos and Twizzlers all day and think that you're going to change your problems? No, of course not. But the point is that if you eat hot Cheetos or Twizzlers it, it real, once, it doesn't matter. If you eat it, you have a bad day and you eat it, that's not the problem. If you're in a healthy emotional space and you don't fought for that and say, screw it, now I'm just going to eat my you know takeout and hot Cheetos and Twizzlers forever because I'm a failure and I can't do this. I'm basically pulling, I'm, I'm kind of separating the food or putting it on hold for a minute and mm -hmm. just say, look, you know, you're a smart woman. All the women that I work with, they're smart, they're ambitious, they're successful. They have so much going on. They know what they need to do. We know, eat vegetables. It's not complicated, right? Eat vegetables and don't eat too much junk. But what we don't know is how to stick to that, how to do it without judging ourselves when we do eat the Twizzlers and the hot Cheetos and the cookies and what, you know, whatever it is for, for each of us. We don't know what to do when we do that. We don't have a space where we can do that once and that's okay. And the truth is, is that it is okay. You can do that. And it's to a totally different approach than a cheat day. A cheat day works for some people really well because it's how they let themselves enjoy that. But some people, they say, oh, I can't have a cheat day because once I give in, it's all over. That's super common because we have so much judgment. We have so much emotional baggage that's wrapped up in our food. So what I'm saying is just hold on. Just eat whatever you want. Don't judge yourself. Don't count and figure out what that emotional baggage is that's wrapped up with your food. So the questions are really broad. Okay, I'll just start with day one. Mm -hmm. What would my ideal relationship with food look like? Don't overthink it. It's only day one. Just write for five minutes and see what comes out. So it's this way to just have a wholly different perspective on what we're doing and why we're doing it. Yeah. And well, and you know, what I was thinking really quick is, you know, I think a lot of moms could be thinking, I don't have time to journal. And how is this really going to help me stop emotionally eating? So I, I you're, you are starting to walk us through this. So um, how about you walk us through a little bit more in detail and um, 
why this might be the very thing that women need to stop the crazy cycle. Because I can, I can see, you know, the, you know, the wheels turning kind of like in mom's minds going, okay, really writing things down. Is this really going to help me stop eating my food or whatever? So, you know, um, use your, use your life as an example too, to how it helped you. And I'm curious too, like, how long did that take you to, to, from when you started to when you really started to notice that it wasn't taking hold of you anymore? So my journey with sugar is honestly not one that I want other women to repeat. It was really slow. I took a long time to overcome my really unhealthy relationship and habits with sh- with sugar specifically. I was overall quite healthy, but I I would binge sugar really extremely. And so part of what I'm doing is helping other women not do what I did because mm-hmm. I didn't find the resources that I needed. I didn't find a path to kind of speed this process up. So the journal is really based on, uh, I am a total self-help addict. It's been my favorite subject for reading for decades. I read tons of books about self-improvement. And then of course now as a professional health coach, I also read, well, I've always also read about health and been into health. So I just have this really ridiculously expansive knowledge and what I find. So, so what I, to answer your question, I know that this works because I've applied this technique to many other aspects of my life, even though I didn't apply it personally with sugar. I also see how it transforms my clients progress, how it speeds their progress up dramatically. So I pulled myself out of depression with journaling. Mm. This, this was years. I mean, my I came to terms with my sugar when I was young, like I said, because I do feel really blessed in hindsight that I developed an acute health problem that forced me to deal with it. Most of us don't. We just say, okay, I'm going to just kind of keep doing what I'm doing because it works okay. And I, and we don't necessarily acknowledge it, but we need that crutch. We need it. It's serving us. It's helping us cope. So what we actually, what I do with my clients is I help them untangle that so that it's okay if you emotionally eat here. And we all emotionally eat, actually. I'll just backtrack. Food is emotional. We just want it to be mostly joyous, right? We want it to be happy, positive feelings. And that can be an extreme too. We can go too far where we're celebrating all the time with treats and food, that's actually really common. So then you get into the thing where you're eating because you're feeling bad and you're also eating because you're feeling good. And then you just eat all the time. It's so complicated, Yeah, which is exactly why a journal is a super powerful tool. It's a 21 day journal. It guides you through this arc of questions where you're starting with these sort of open-ended, they're really, uh, you know, generous and gentle. And they do go through some kind of, um, you know, as you go through these days, I do get more specific and pointed with how this is playing out with your food, but you can't start there because you might not be aware and you need to look at these other bigger picture patterns and, and desires in your life. So I pull, I've, I pulled myself out of a deep depression. Um, I have reconnected with my body and healed physical ailments actually with journaling. It was a kind of a combination of journaling and, and 
uh, Mind Body Awareness, which is actually the next book that I have coming out is a second journal focusing on that called the Body Wisdom Journal. And it's so simple, but so powerful and transformative because it's a tool to give you mindfulness and it's not overpowering. And I get it. You might be thinking, God, 21 days, Allegra, I can't do this for 21 days. And it, it doesn't matter if you do it in 21 days or if you take six months to finish it, that's fine. And there's actually a whole series of free support videos that I have to complement the emotional eating detox. One of the videos is watch this video when you've missed a few days And what I say in the video, it takes a little bit longer, but I basically say, hey, guess what? That's totally normal. We all do that. Don't feel bad about it. Uh, Just get back on the wagon and pick up where you left off and forgive yourself that you're not perfect because none of us are. (laughs) Now, let me ask you, what do you feel like um, someone will be like at the end of the 21 days of journaling? So they're struggling really bad with emotionally eating, especially sugar. Where where would you say their mind will be at day twenty one, so that so that everyone can kind of have an idea of what it looks like? And I know everyone's different, but just to kind of give an, an a gauge of this is what some people can expect. Yeah, so this is a really foundational journal. So at the end of this journal, after you complete all the twenty one prompts, whether it takes twenty one days or many months. For sure, you will have a very high level of awareness of what is happening that is triggering you to emotional eat. That's for sure. You may also be freed from guilt when you do screw up, quote unquote, screw up or do something that isn't serving you. You will also begin to see how this habit, how this overeating, how this sugar binging, whatever it is, um, is actually providing you assistance because that's the first step to finding another way to get that for yourself. Yeah. I like that. Will this solve all your problems and redirect you and make you lose weight for some people? It, it, it can, it definitely can for some people. It gives them that awareness and that direction and that's all that they need for some people. Of course there's next steps. There's going to be further support that you need to, to, to get all the way where you want to be at the end. But I consider this journal to be like a redirecting your compass, right? So imagine you're a ship and you're sailing and you're going in a totally wrong direction. That's not where you want to be going. And this journal will point your compass and redirect your ship to the direction that you want to be. You may still need to tweak the direction that you're heading. Right. But this is going to point you in that right direction. That's going to get you much closer to where you want to be than what you have been doing, which is trying to quit, trying to be really good. I mean, I really also, um, I touch on that in this journal and it's work I do with one on one clients is really pulling ourselves out of that good, bad mentality. Um, you know, all food is fine. It's just that you want to eat the food that makes you feel good all the time, that it really is serving you and making you have a healthy, joyous, balanced life. This journal also starts that work, right? So we, we gotta, I I say it because it's an easy way to talk about it, but I, I try not to, it's too judgmental, right? When we're like, Oh, I'm good because I'm eating salad and boiled, (laughs) uh, broiled fish. Yeah. 
like, no, you're actually still good. Even when you eat the Twizzlers and the hot Cheetos and the cookies and the ice cream, you're still good. Yeah, right. (laughs) It's just that you did something that doesn't feel good to you now, right? So it's this shift in thinking. Um, But yeah, I couldn't real directional change that's going to point you in the direction where you can eat that stuff, feel perfectly fine about it. And even if you overdo it, you're at a place where you can say, oh man, ooh, I ate the whole pint and I feel really bad now. And that's okay. I'm going to learn from this. And I'm going to try to remember this next time that I'm going for that ice cream. I'm going to try to remember that I really can just have one portion and that will actually feel better. Yeah, I love that. And I'm going to ask you a question about sugar and the cycle that it creates. But I wanted to go back and ask you, I know that you said that um, you had a real issue with sugar. I can see a lot of moms thinking, yeah, but was it as, is, was it as bad as what I'm doing? Or is it as bad as my binges? So can you give us a paint us a picture of what you were consuming and what that looked like so that, you know, people I feel like because this is the thing, right? You talk to some people and you're like, oh yeah, I was so bad. And then you hear what they ate and you're like, really? Like, that's what you think is bad. And you're like, oh my gosh, you know, I mean, like you could like, I, I really have a hard time making chocolate chip cookies and keeping them in the house because for whatever reason, I can just keep eating them one after another, after another. I don't know what it is with chocolate chip cookies, especially cookies made from scratch. It's just like, it's so addictive to me where some people... They're like, yeah, I had, you know, two Twizzlers. We'll use Twizzlers as an example. They're like, oh, I'm so bad. I'm thinking uh, I ate six cookies. So <laughs> let's talk about this. So I want to talk about what that looked like for you. And then I'm going to jump into the question of what is your thoughts on eating sugar? Because I feel like sometimes that creates the cycle of wanting sugar all the time versus if you don't really eat sugar. So if we can kind of address that, I, I would love to hear your story. Yes, those are great questions and totally valid. My, oh, when I was on it with the sugar, it was pretty extreme. I mean, it it was a long time ago, so I can't remember really exactly. I would eat entire, it wasn't always low quality food, but okay, one time I ate an entire bag of prunes and an entire pineapple. So you can say, yeah, that's healthy stuff, but that's not a healthy way that I was eating it. Mm. I ate, I would... um Oh, one of the things I did, so I've been mostly vegetarian now, but I was vegetarian for a long time and I was vegan for a little while in college. And so I had a weird justification where I would eat, you know, three vegan ice cream bars and mm-hmm. I would be justifying yeah. that it was okay because they were vegan and they're really super processed, full of sugar. You know, they're not, right. it's fine. They're delicious. I can eat one now, but at the time I couldn't eat one. And I would go and I would eat just tons of vegan carrot cake. I I love carrot cake. I love vegan carrot cake. I'm not vegan vegan carrot cake. I still love it. But I would just, I would eat um, that kind of dried fruit where it's basically preserved in sugar. Right. Yep. So it's really fruit candy and I would eat bags of it. And, you know, again, I did this thing where I would be like, it's dried fruit. It's okay. (laughs) And it was the sugar, it was that mango was the one that I would eat that, but it's not the hard dry mango that's just dried mango. It was the soft, basically boiled in sugar <laughs> dry mango. I would eat a whole yeah. bag of it. Wow. And, um, and I would eat sugar all day long too. So it, I was in a point where the sugar cycle was feeding itself. 
And it is definitely true. So we can get into a whole situation with sugar where when we're eating it, we want to eat more. And the, the reason that that happens is essentially it's hormones. That's, that's kind of the main reason why. And there are many things. And, and when I talk about hormones, I actually talk about them as our inner goddess. So with insulin, with the hormone that is spiked from consuming well, generally a lot of sugar without other types of food with it, I call that our inner Hera. And in the Greek mythology, Hera is the queen of the gods and goddesses. She is very interesting. She's represented in the stories mostly as a really vengeful goddess. But there's a reason. Her husband is cheating on her left and right, having affairs with mortals and goddesses both. So we can understand there's a real reason. So I talk about when we go and binge on sugar, we are spiking these hormones and we're basically causing our inner Hera to go out of balance and become really vengeful. But the flip side is that when Hera is in balance, she is very confident and she really knows what she wants. It's not a terrible thing to be intensely reactive to something as long as it's, as long as we're not in that state all the time, right? It's, we can understand she's mad because her husband is cheating on her in the stories, right? And otherwise she's um, honestly delegated to the background, but that's kind of the way that we really want our rulers to be, right? We don't want them to be up in our business all the time. Um, so it's that more quiet, like a quiet confidence and ability to rule the body in a way that serves us ongoing. That's really where we want our Hera to be all the time. That's where we want our inner Hera to be. So what triggers Hera when we're talking about our inner goddess and our body? There are biological things that, that trigger our inner Hera to be out of balance, including too much sugar. And some people are more sensitive than others. So that's a where we can fall on how much sugar works for us is somewhat personal. But the other thing that can trigger our inner Hera to become out of balance is actually emotional reasons. They don't trigger the insulin directly, but they trigger other hormones that also cause us to want sugar. There's many hormones that cause us to want to eat sugar. So when emotional things trigger us, it, it doesn't matter how quote unquote good that we're being, how strict that we've been, how much we've restricted sugar when we're emotionally triggered, we still want it. So mm -hmm. that's why I still put so much emphasis on the emotions because that's kind of the ultimate source of when things get out of balance. And when we judge our food as really good and bad, and when we tell ourselves, no, I am never going to have sugar again. I'm, it doesn't work for me. I, if I eat one bite of sugar, then I eat the whole cake or the whole bag of cookies it actually sets us up for emotional stress because as soon as you tell yourself no, there is another part of you that's saying, I want that. 
guaranteed. We might not acknowledge it, but it's it's our inner. It can come up in different ways. It can be your inner rebel, or it can be your inner child, or you know, it can, it can manifest in all these different ways that we feel or act or think about ourselves. But I really don't ever push to say no to anything because it sets us up to be very judgmental, which causes emotional stress, which triggers us down all of these pathways that ultimately cause all of our inner goddesses to be imbalanced and makes it impossible to resist. So that's the thing is that when our hormones are surging, when our hormones are out of balance in any way, it's not about willpower. It's not a moral failing. You literally don't have a choice. You don't have a choice anymore. The hormones take over and and there's when I talk about our inner Athena, which um, represents the stress hormones, it literally shuts down the ability to make rational decisions. So what's interesting to me, though, is um, so people could just feel like, oh, my gosh, like this sounds so overwhelming and daunting. And like, how am I ever going to overcome this? So I don't really talk about the goddesses and the emotional eating detox, but the beauty of of thinking about it in this way is that all those goddesses also have strengths. They're in us, right? We have hormones in us. Our hormones actually want to be balanced. That's their natural state. They're there to surge at appropriate times and then go back to normal. So we actually want an inner Athena. We want to be able to react to stress appropriately. If you think historically, right, you think, oh, I'm on the plains and there's a lion after me. We want our inner Athena to put us into battle mode so that we can either is to fight or flight, right? We can run away or we can kill the lion and then have dinner too. So we actually want that. And we also want our inner Hera, our inner Hera. It's actually really good. Insulin. You want your insulin to go up when you eat sugar. If you eat sugar and your sugar remains high, you'll, you'll die. Your your insulin is super important. You actually want your, you want your insulin to go up and restore your body to balance. So it can feel really scary, but um, that's the whole point of doing this as a journal where it's literally five minutes a day and you're slowly piece by piece getting this really big picture understanding and figuring out what am I doing that's causing this to, to feel bad and what am I doing that's causing me to feel good, right? So again, it's this really, you're going to build a really strong foundation when you start to look at the emotions. And it is scary. You know, I'll be honest, like we, we eat because we're scared of our emotions, right? Like, and emotional eating can have a million different names. It can be, um, you know, oh, I had a really hard day with my kids. And I'm going to eat this thing because I feel so stressed out, it's going to calm me down. Or, oh, I had a fight with my coworker or my spouse. Um, you know, and now I'm going to eat this thing because I still feel frazzled and stressed out for it. Or it can even just be, I'm bored. I'm bored and I'm just going to go eat this because I can't think of anything else to do. Or, ooh, tax time anyone uh, who's still avoiding like I am? Maybe I'm going to go eat this thing because I don't want to work on my taxes, right? It, it It's not always dramatic. It can manifest in really different ways. And it's when we just piece by piece start to be like, oh, I ate that thing and I realize now that I did it because I was avoiding the annoying task that I had to do on the computer. So a journal in five-minute increments is actually a, a 
really incredibly powerful tool to take this thing that is super scary, does feel super overwhelming. And that's not just thinking about hormones or anything. That's, that's when we feel out of control with our food, right? We feel like we are out of control. I have felt that way. My clients feel that way. I don't know what to do. I can't stop thinking about it. But even as I think about it all the time, I make these bad decisions and I do things that make me then feel bad physically. That in itself is scary. And we just keep doing what we're doing because we don't know what else to do. So the point is that we want to slow down, break it down into really small, not scary pieces and start tweaking that compass, right? It's not, it's not dramatic. It's not radical. It's sustainable. I do everything I do comes from an idea of we don't have to do a 180. We don't have to change everything in one day. We need to make a microscopic change that we're going to stick to. So here's my thing. And look, we're, we're almost at the end of the show. So I wanted to ask you if, if the women out there are thinking, okay, so what if I want to eat a cupcake every day? What is your thoughts on that? It doesn't really matter. If you want to eat a cupcake every day, I really don't think that that matters. If it's not making you feel bad physically, if you're not judging yourself emotionally, and if you're eating a healthy meal and balanced everything else otherwise, Mm -hmm. can you eat cupcakes for every meal? No. Yeah. Right. That would make you feel good. (laughs) It wouldn't physically make you feel good. Probably not. But I actually know people that don't eat well and Mm. they're not overweight. Now it's not what I want to tell people to do because I think they're probably going to have physical concerns down the road because our bodies need nourishing food. Yeah. Inflammation and all that stuff too. Yeah, exactly. So no, long-term, no, you probably can't eat cupcakes every day, but if you can eat a cupcake every day and eat balanced meal and everything feels good, there's no reason not to. Now, have you noticed that some foods do, some sugar foods do trigger you to kind of want to keep eating more? For me personally, it's really more, um, so, so something that happens a lot and it, it happens to me too, but I know what's happening when it happens is that we get over hungry. So sometimes we, you know, we're busy and we're not paying attention or we're quote unquote trying to be good and we're actually not eating enough. And then you kind of get into that hangry mode. And for me, if I get to that point, which usually is only happening because I'm just busy and I'm I'm not taking the time to really nourish myself, um, that actually for me is more of a trigger. If I get to that point, then I just, which is, again, the goddesses, this is one of your goddesses out of balance and you're just like, feed me, I got to have it right now. And for me, if I get to that point, that's more of a trigger than then whether I'm eating sugar food or not sugar food, I can't, it's like, I can't make up for getting sort of deficit earlier in the day. That's for me personally, definitely everyone has a different experience and um, there might be some things that, that yeah, trigger you and kind of set you off for whatever reason. My bigger picture thing is really um, how you're eating the food and what kind of food that you're eating. So just looking at the biological level, pure sugar. So whether it's a sugary drink or more hard candy type of stuff, eaten without other food at the same time, that will set your spike your insulin higher. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So if you're eating something sweet after a meal, you have all that other food in your tummy, it's not going to have the same effect. If you're eating a really rich kind of think more the European style tiramisu and stuff, and they have dairy and, um, you know, the baklava has the nuts and stuff. Right. You're getting fat. You might be getting a little bit of protein. There might be some fiber in there. You're getting all these other things that slow down how the sugar hits. So that's kind of a biological answer. Um, there's, there's things that you can do to tamper that effect by even just serving whatever dessert that you want with a piece of fruit, which, you know, fancy restaurants slice up the berry, slice yeah, things up with right. the berries. So it's not, again, it's not deprivation. You can make it really joyous and enjoyable, um, but that will make a big difference with how it's physically and biologically affecting you as well. So you feel like the fruit is helping you with that, with with the other kind of sugar. Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because it, it has all that fiber in it and mm, nutrients and it has some water. Um, if you don't like, some people don't like a lot of types of fruit or it's just not what they want. You can do some nuts with it. Just almost anything that will make it not just a blast of sugar. Yeah, that makes sense. Hey, you guys, do you love the Mom Inspired Show? If you do, make sure you subscribe. That way you will get an email with every new episode on Tuesdays showing up in your email and you will see all the show notes and links. And that way you will never miss an episode. I know for me, sometimes I forget that there's podcast episodes happening and then I see it in my email and it reminds me to go listen to it. So all you have to do is go to mominspiredshow.com. If you're looking at it on your phone, you just scroll to the bottom, put in your name and email and hit subscribe. Well, Allegra, as we wrap up, where can people find you on social media or your website? My website is allegralowenstein.com. I'll spell it out real quick because okay. it's mouthful. Yep. A-L-E-G-R-A-L-O-E-W-E-N-S-T-E-I-N. Dot com. Is that what you're saying? Dot com. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And that's where they can find your book as well, your journal? Yeah. It's under my detox if they if they go there. And that's where they'll get access to the free support videos and a link to, to get the book. Perfect. Allegra, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, you guys. I'm going to see you next week.